why do I not deserve Casterly Rock, Father? And we get one of Charles Dance's best acted scenes in the, the show. You ask that? You who killed your mother to come into the world? What up, and welcome to another episode of Brotherhood Without Manners, your favorite full spoiler reread podcast of George R.R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire series. I'm Nate. Joining me, as always, my co-host and brother, Zach. Yo. That's this guy. Yo. We are reading Storm of Swords. Yo. Oh, yeah. You done yoing? Mm-hmm. You're a yo-yo. <laughs> we are reading Storm of Swords, and we are also full spoiler, so if you haven't joined us before, that's your warning. Now that's we're all, now we're going to talk about that's it. That's what I got for you. There you go. Yeah, uh, if, you have joined, if you have joined well, yeah, if you have well, joined us before, welcome back. Thanks for coming back and putting up with Nate's bullshit like I do on a daily basis. It is a tough job, but someone's got a shoulder it. Last episode, we were reading Aria, Aria 1. Yeah, her first chapter of Storm of Swords, which we're obviously just starting Storm of Swords, so there's going to be a lot of first chapters for people. That's the way books work. And so it picked up again, just like the last few chapters, right where her last point of view ended, with her leaving Harrenhal and making her way north. She was accompanied by her good pals Hot Pie and Gendry. They were surprised to learn she could read a map, which she had stolen from Roose Bolton. And they make their way north. Um, she's fearing that they're being chased by the Bloody Mummers or somebody sent by Roose Bolton, so it's just a fucking wild dash through the woods across streams and rivers and hills and murky bogs. I don't fucking know. All sorts of shit there through the Riverlands. But they have a protector circling them in Nymeria in the Wolf Pack, and Arya does some of her very first warging into Nymeria at the end of that chapter where she kills the Bloody Mummers who are indeed following them and exalts in it and just loves ripping that dude's arm off and sending the blood scattering everywhere. And it's vicious and it's scary and it's exactly what we come to expect from Arya. So we also do have to remember that part of that is the savagery of the wolf itself that she's inhabiting. But this is not Arya's episode. And so this episode we're reading Tyrion. Tyrion? Tyrion won. Tyrion? And last we left Tyrion... Tyrion? He was asleep in his bedroom. Well, not his bedroom, but a a bedroom that he had been moved to uh, after the Battle of Blackwater. Tyrion got, uh, basically went from, like, just living it up, living the high life, and then he was just thrown into some trap house somewhere where it's dank, it's musty, and he's getting zero recognition for his part in the Battle of Blackwater. You know, we know... That he got his face cut off, basically, by Sir Marin Trant. Yeah, he was being treated by Meister Balabar. Balabar. And he didn't want any of that because Balabar was keeping him heavily sedated. Where he I want to be shit. sedated. Right. And he fired him and had Meister Franken brought in instead and began his recovery process. He did get to speak with Pod, who confirmed that Mandy Moore did sing her last solo on the Bridge of Boats. And was dead because of Pod. Yeah. So he made some demands, wanted to see Braun, wanted to see Sir Jason Bywater, and he passed out. Deuce. Back into dreamy dreamland. We pick up Tyrion 1, Storm of Swords, and Tyrion is awoken by the old creaky hinges of his door opening. And he calls out, who, who, what, what? Because he's still feverish. He's still weak. And he has absolutely no notion of time or how long he's been asleep. And it is Bronn entering. And it takes a few minutes for him to realize that. Right. And so he, for a second, worries, shit, Cersei probably sent someone to fucking kill me. I'm and dead. I'm dead. Bronn, being Bronn, asks if Tyrion cut himself shaving. And Tyrion says he's high with an awful big razor. And Tyrion then notes that Bronn is just fucking decked out in some sick-ass finery. Fine boots, fine cape, fine chain, all this dapper stuff. He now has his own sigil, a flaming chain, green, on a smoke-gray field. By your lord father's command, Imp, I'm Sir Bronn of the Blackwater now. And he says that that's courtesy of Tywin Lannister. By his command. So, like, Tyrion immediately is like, 
Dude, I was the one that prom. I I I promised to give you that. I was gonna know like, you. It's because I promised that that he that you were there to get that. That's my thing. Tyrion asks if it was his father who knighted him himself, but Bronn was like, "No, we were knighted in Sansa's last chapter in in Clash of Kings. Like, it's all good." That's what he said. It's exactly verbatim. What he said. Uh, no, he he was knighted by the three, and uh. Kingsguard, and it took all day because there was only three, and there was like what five thousand or some yeah, shit. Yeah, five hundred like new yeah. knights made that day, some bullshit like that. So, so what surprises me about all of that is during that chapter, Sansa's they had to do they had to do their walk of atonement from the the sept to the fucking king's the throne room. The there. keep, yeah. And they were didn't they do it barefoot? Mm-hmm. I just don't see Braun willing to fucking deal with that. I mean, why not? I guess it is a knighthood. And right. He's going to get lands and money, yeah. so it'd be stupid not to. I so, mean, just to walk yeah, barefoot no, across the city. And like, yeah, of all people, he's probably right. more than capable of yeah, right. dealing no. with walking barefoot. Yep. Yeah, at the mention of there being only three white cloaks, Tyrion is like, ha I kind of figured, all right, who else is gone besides Sir Mandon? And Bronn tells him, the Hound, not dead, only gone. Rumors say that he turned Craven and that you led a sortie in his name. And hearing it's like, yeah, not one of my better notions. Now, but. that that there surprises me. Because he's, he's not getting the recognition he deserves or wants, which I have a little bit to say about that. Um, but if, this, if they're out there saying that he led the sortie instead of, like, it's just crazy to me that the people would be like, Wait, the Hound ran, but Tyrion Lannister, the imp, went out and fucking charged into this battle. Why would they not? I, well, I, right, I mean, it's not because it's not the small folk. It's the soldiers who saw it. The soldiers have no fucking sweat. Yeah, sure, I'm sure there's, if any of them survived, there's quite a few soldiers in the City Watch who are like, yeah, the imp fucking went out there and handled some shit. It's the small folk in the High Lords yeah, that that's are true. the yeah. opinions that are currently fucking Tyrion over, uh, and that's where he's looking. He's fo- yeah, and like he, you're like, as you said, you kind of touched on. Yeah, where's he's Jason not? Bible? He's not like focusing on the fact that like you know I'm getting some clout as leading a sortie. It's I'm not getting the clout I want from my father from the small. Right. F- I'm not the savior of the city that I apparently thought I was gonna be. Uh, so Tyrion waves Bronn over to a chair and says that his sister basically thinks him a mushroom, has been keeping him in the dark and feeding him shit, and Pod isn't necessarily the most reliable informant getting information for him, as Tyrion doesn't quite understand how someone, and it's a later quote, but he doesn't understand how someone so capable in battle can be so confused all the time everywhere else, and I just love that, that description of pod i think it's funny because it's the technically it was very similar for Tyrion in the battle because he got that clarity as well like that battle clarity it just kind of comes but otherwise pods yeah he's just a simple trying to do his best kind of guy but Tyrion then to kind of confirm it says that he had sent pod to fetch sir jason and pod came back and reported him dead and bronze like yeah that's that's true him and thousands more and Tyrion wants to know how and we learn, dude. Well, this is, t- this is ah. where Tyrion learns that during the battle, Cersei had recalled Joffrey. Right. She sent the Kettleblacks down to fetch him back to the Red Keep, and that as soon as he he left, all the ci- the City Watch were like, uh, "Yeah, fuck this, bye." So Bywater was like, "Yo, stop. We need to protect the city." And he was just about to have them turned around and going back to their posts when somebody caught him in the neck with a fucking arrow. Put an arrow through his neck, and, and then, then after that he wasn't so intimidating, they dragged him off his horse and killed him. And Tyrion just thinks, well, that's another debt to lay at Cersei's door. Um, I, like, that was the one thing, take recalling Joffrey, that every, even Lancel was fighting with Cersei about. Right, like, right. do not do this, it is detrimental, and it got Jason Bywater killed. And he even uh, asks, was Joffrey hurt? Was he in danger any more so than anybody else? Yeah, no, else? not more was so it, like, than anyone nothing, else. Nothing. And, like, Tyrion's pissed. Yeah. So he asks who it is that leads the Gold Cloaks now, and we learn that Tywin has appointed Sir Adam Marbrand to the job, which Tyrion thinks exactly as he had thought with uh, Jacelyn, that he's a man. He's a man people will follow, so it was a pretty shrewd decision by his father. And he also thinks, I have lost the City Watch. Right, right. 
And so he moves right on to the next topic, which is asking about the Klansmen. Shaga and where's, the Klansmen. Where's my motherfucking Klansmen? Shaga has taken a liking to the Kingswood and therefore remains there I with his Klansmen. Uh, Timmet has led the burned men home with all of their plunder taken from Stannis' camp. And Chella and a dozen Black Ears had turned up at the River Gate, but were chased off by your father's red cloaks while the city folk threw dung and cheered. So, I had this fun daydreaming thought process earlier after I was reading this chapter about Shaga in the the Kingswood there, and just thinking of like a thousand years because you know they're in George he talks about the Golden Age ten thousand years ago and this happened a thousand years ago and and so I just think like a thousand years in the future from then in the Kingswood there's going to be these clansmen that are descendants of these. Shaga and the, the, what are they, the Black Ears, the Stone I have to believe that that's not going to be allowed to stand for long. No, I I mean, I agree that Cersei would be the one. They, I don't They may recall, even get routed right, out. I feel like I, I would call I, that I would happening. I think that would happen in the books. I just think it would be a neat concept, kind of like how the, you've got the clansmen up in the north who stay up in their little hovels and shit, and then you've got the clansmen there in the Eerie with right, the, yeah. that, and then like they keep migrating further I mean, and further south. Strategically, it's not a bad idea. No, if Tywin and Cersei were smart, they would establish a, a continued agreement sure. with Shaga. You guys play your part you in live there. It, do, yeah, do you, you live you there, do. turn away outsiders, basically, make the woods dangerous for anyone that's not a King's Landinger, and you can stay there, sure. But, again, Ty- uh, Tyrion's just like son of a bitch. He he calls the King's Landingers ingrates, thinking that the Black Ears died for them in in the Battle right. of Blackwater. They fought for you. And Tyrion then thinks while he was laying drugged and dreaming, his own blood was pulling his claws out one by one, dethroning a kitty cat, or declawing a kitty cat and dethroning. I don't know why it's so neat though the that he's making that analogy. When he keeps bringing up, like, the cat's paws coming to yeah. kill him and then mentioning, you know, his claws being pulled out that way. I guess the lion, he's the you Well, know, right, yeah, cat, it's but the, like, the symbolism. It's, it's They're taking away his claws. He's got no weapons to fight with now. Yeah, so next he says that, you know, it's been nigh time. Get a hold of Cersei. Make sure she's releasing Elia. She needs to be Elia was already freed eight or nine days ago. After the whipping, and Tyrion's like, uh, the whipping? And Bronn says, yeah, they tied her to a post, scourged her, and sent her off naked and bloody. I I do like that his first thought is, you know, she was learning to read, she dude. She was learning how to read. What the fuck's wrong with you people? She was just learning to read. And then it starts kind of clicking for him. that He used her as a veil. She was innocent. Right. She didn't do anything wrong. She protected him. He used her as a fucking shield. Yeah, and, and didn't have any con- concern for the consequences, what might fall on her. And now he's th- realizing they're both it. Yeah. in the midst of those. And his thoughts also go to the fact that he had promised to do to Tommen whatever was done to Elia. But how could he scourge an eight-year-old boy? And yet if he doesn't, Cersei wins. And... This is where Bronn points out, you don't have Tommen. Once Iron Hand died, the Queen sent the Kettleblacks to fetch him from Rosby, and no one remaining there had the balls to stand up to them and say no. So and, yeah. Cersei has Tommen back here again. Once again, he's got another fucking rug yanked out from under him. But cause... he's slightly relieved with this one because yeah. he likes Tommen. He doesn't want to have to whip the boy. Right, he's glad about that, but he is also upset that he... Why the fuck did the Kettle Blacks go? They're supposed to be ours, yeah. Like, the fuck? And Bronn tells him, yeah, we they were ours when we were able to match what they were being paid penny for penny. Your sister's up the stake. She gave them knighthood. They, she, she's given them a ton of gold. Like, how are we supposed to compete with that? And Tyrion just and I liked this line, I thought I won the bloody battle. Is this what victory tastes like? And it's just, because everything's fun. He's losing everything. All his clansmen and... Soon here, Bronn is got a foot out the door. Like, well, that's what's so interesting is we watched obviously, and we talked about it a ton. The buildup of of Tyrion in Clash of Kings, all these well laid out plans, they pretty much worked as well as they yeah. were expected, and now we've got like. Tywin at the end is just gonna also flip the script on everything. All these accomplishments you did. Nope, Cersei did that. Right. Nope, this person did that. Nope, that wasn't you. It was them. It ha- and 
he loses everything. Everything. Talk turns to Renly's ghost and of how Stannis fled and of Rob making his way down to Duskendale. Yeah, so he thinks uh, on those points each briefly about how uh, he's jealous of Renly's ghost. He doesn't like that Renly is getting more recognition. And then he mentions that Stannis was able to escape because the Lysini boats were uh, outside of the Battle of Bridges and outside the chain. It said men were killing each other. To, in a rush to get on those boats. Right. That, there was such a panic on the river. But, yeah, that's Crazy. how Stannis fled. And then Rob Stark, um, technically, Bronn's a little off with this information. He says that he's headed to Duskendale to do something, but he doesn't realize that Rob's not actually part of that contingent. Well, that's what even Tywin says, too, though. Ty- well, like, but Tywin does also mention that have. it's Robert Glover and... Right, uh, yeah, ran, uh, yeah, the other one. Yeah, Ros- uh, Tallheart. No, Tallheart. Tallheart. Yeah. He says that it's those guys. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah. Not whereas... Rob Stark himself. Right, yeah. right. Um, but that's it. And... and but Bronn says that he has half a mind to accompany Randall Tarley, who is said to pay well. And you know what? What uh, the hell? It's not going to be too hard. Like it's it's just going to be a little routing out. Right. Like. And this is, I think, the last straw for Tyrion. It is. It's yeah. Just that, like, no, you're going to stay here. You're the head of the Hand's Guard, and he's like, I'm not anymore, dude. You're not fucking listening. You're not the hand. Yeah. Your dad is. And he has his own guard, and I ain't a part of that. And Tyrion asks, oh, so you've lost your taste for gold. And Bronn says, it's not bloody likely. And Tyrion, and I don't really think it's like a mandate. Like, he's not telling him this is what he wants him to do, but I think it is also. He basically says he wants to know everything there is to know about Mandon Moore. And Bronn's like, what more? Like, he was a fucking weird-eyed dead-eyed motherfucker who, who wore a white cloak. Wore a lo- white cloak. What more do you need to know? And Tyrion says, everything. I need to know everything. To start with. To make sure that I can confirm he is Cersei's cat's paw, that right. Cersei put him up to it. And so he's like, all right, yeah, no, it's past time I get out of this bed. Help me up. Get me up. Right, And right. Yeah, and so while he's doing that, he asks about uh, Marjorie Tyrell. And Bronn says she hasn't arrived at the city. She's on her way up the 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 Rose Road, the Flower Road, the fucking that road. Rose Road. Rose Road. And that she has been sending forward food every single day. Hundreds of fucking like carts of food. Yep. For all the people. Just giving it away. Yo, she's being built up so fucking huge here. Like, and as great as a fucking job Natalie Dorner did. The city is already in love with her. Mm. And this is where Ron also says that any Tyrells currently in the city don't pay for drinks or food. And women absolutely swoon for any peach-fuzzed-faced boy with a golden rose sewn over his breast. Yeah, because all the High Garden boys are walking around with the sigil on their chest. And, and after Blackwater... People are eating it up. And Tyrion just thinks they spit on me and buy drinks for the Tyrells. So he calls for Pod. Because, and he thinks here, he, he's feeling weak, and weakness brings out his shame, and shame brings out his anger. And so he just starts shouting for, Pod, get in here, Pod, where the fuck are you? And Pod comes running in, and he tells him to get his clothes, and Pod's confused at the word clothes, and so Tyrion breaks it down for him, and it's where he thinks yeah. that, how can a boy so clear in battle be so confused every Everywhere other else, moment yeah. in time? So but this they, is, I want to real quick stop this and start talking about Tyrion and this part of the chapter before we head into like where he goes to meet with his father I feel like he's he's very fucking entitled first of all obviously and we already know that but if he was just grateful for what he's fucking done like oh shit we won yeah the Tyrells are on our side they're fucking heroes here we've got food for the city that was starving we like if he went into his father's thing and was like, "Yo, we fucking did it," and his father was like, "Yeah, uh, clever trick with the chain and nice job with the." Would he, he probably wouldn't get that. But Tywin is straight up pissed that he threatened Tommen and Joffrey. Oh, absolutely! Like that, and that's the weird thing for me that Tywin. I, but again, I think that if he went in there with that, Tyrion was like, "Yo, you told me that a good threat is what's needed." I would never hurt. That's the the only issue with all this is the whore is Elia and. But Tyrion was never going to wake up grateful because he had to wake up. 
at oh, all. Oh, absolutely. And he, that's, like, literally, like, he was betrayed by his family, so he's absolutely, I think, entitled to this anger he's feeling. Oh, towards them, like, definitely. I don't think... I mean, obviously, it's just privilege here. But it's very. It's almost I funny though that if he accepted the situation, that like obviously that's why he's Tyrion is he's not going to do that. But he technically would is walking out of this whole deal with the North. Like he is the warden of the fucking North. He gets to rule the North with all this. That shit. hasn't been decided. Yet. No, not yet. Like, obviously, but, but that's what it is. Like you're bitching that you can't have Casterly Rock and be the warden of the West. Well, right, but that's... I get that that's your birthright and that's what you want. Right, right. That's his and family. You're still getting to be the warden of the North and rule, which is significantly larger. Right, but this chapter in the end conversation specifically is the reveal of. Why Tyrion was doing all this? It was to get his father's affection, it, to get his father to say, "You have done as good as Jamie. You are entitled to that birthright because Jamie can't have it." And that's what that whole paragraph about Jamie when he took the fucking white cloak forbode. He couldn't have a wife. He couldn't have children. He can't have lands or titles. Casterly Rock, by all rights, should go to fucking Tyrion. One hundred percent. He thought. Proving himself as a military commander here. And which, a fighter. Which he did, would give him that. And so I can't blame Tyrion in a single iota. I, I mean, I don't. I'm for, not saying that I, I mean, support again, what I'm saying. I'm, the privilege of him is 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 there. He he wants to be the savior of the city. And it's, you know, it is a, there's no I in team. Like, uh, and Tywin even kind of says in, like, you know, the small folk are taught saying it was my victory yeah, when yeah. I hit. Well, let's get back into, like, yeah, obviously it was more of a, I don't think he is wrong in his feelings of trying to get some validation from but his But he's angry. Anybody, but he, he's absolutely. And, he, and he even thinks it himself where he, he's pissed here, so he starts making decisions that he knows aren't and so the I guess way he should go. Mainly I'm drawing attention to the, even the most... Usually, kind of well off, like characters that are trying to do good for the small folk, and you know he was trying to be do good for the city and keep as many people alive. <clears throat> How privileged they are still! Right, he's going to be offered the entire north. Fuck that! Fuck you! Fuck my family! And I get it. Like I'm not doubting that, but anyway, yeah, they're they get him dressed. All three of yeah, uh, takes Podrick, all three of them, yeah. Bron, and Tyrion. It's finally. actually interesting. It's his shoulder wound that's the worst one because the male. Bent back into the with wound. the arrow oh, in it and shit. And uh, yeah, after he gets dressed, he has a, a just a quick cup of dream wine with just enough poppy to make his wounds bearable. And with a walking stick in hand, they descend. Tyrion's got one hand on the walking stick, the other on Pod's shoulder. And on the way down the stairs, they pass a serving girl, whose eyes go wide and white at the sight of Tyrion, and he just thinks, "That's right, the dwarf has risen from the dead, and he's uglier than ever." Run and tell your friends. Do we know any serving girls that might be a bit panicked? Like, could this be like somebody? Oh, that this is this is one of Cersei's, you, and it's yeah. just oh shit, he's up and moving. Yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. need to go tell Cersei now. Like, that's all it is because Cersei's such right. a bitch to her serving informants girls. and yeah, such. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that I absolutely believe this is just one of Cersei's, and they're like, oh, he's up. So yeah. they continue on. And d- they make their way outside of the of the holdfast, Magar's holdfast, yep. which is where he was. He was in the, if you remember from his last chapter, they moved him up up, up above the chambers where they had Cersei in them during the battle, yeah, where the they held room, up the ballroom. The that's ballroom. it. And so he was in a room above there. So as they're leaving, he starts describing the castle a bit and how the holdfast is like a castle within a fucking castle because it's got a dry moat just outside of its edges, and he wants to get into the Red Keep. But the drawbridge is up. Right. And As Mar- it is normally. And Marin Trant at says night. that it's commanded right now that this stays up be- by Cersei at night. So, fuck yeah, off. Yeah, the queen's asleep. I'm here to meet with my father. And Tyrion says that there's just magic in the name of Lord Tywin Lannister because Sir Marin grunted the command and down came the drawbridge. Yep. And as he goes in, he does uh, have a brief pass with Osmond Kettleblack. Who they just quickly exchange like he's like oh you're you're alive you're feeling See, better yeah yeah fuck you is basically the response he wants to give and he just kind of keeps going on. They reach the serpentine steps and Tyrion realizes to his absolute <laughs> disdain that he's not going to be able to climb these stairs himself. So 
He swallows his dignity and asks one Sir Bran of the Blackwater to carry him up the stairs, hoping against hope that at this hour there's no one around to see him being carried like a babe in a strong man's arms. But they get to the top, and the outer ward they see is filled with tents and pavilions. And Pod, we get a little bit of Pod's sigil and name recollection. He says, these are Tyrell, Redwine, and what's the other Rowan's. house? Rowan men that are all here for the wedding. The city is full the fuck up, which we'll get, uh, Tywin will actually say as well. The city's starting to fill up already because of the pact, the, the royal yeah. wedding. And so that's what this is. This is just where inns are all full and taverns, so this is where some of them have yep. set up. So they pass two Lannister guards on their way inside of the Tower of the Hand, and Tyrion recognizes them. They don't exchange words, and on their way up, they run into Sir Adam Marbrand himself. Yeah. And Marbrand is like, oh, shit, what up, dog? And you, you going up to see your pops? Because I just left him pretty fucking pissed. How do you like me now, bitch? He's upset because the city guard is massive right now. Yeah. Because of all Cersei the recruiting. Cersei won't let him dismiss any. Right. And T- Tyrion notes that. Oh, you're still concerned, even though we won the battle. But, yeah. Tywin also wants to utilize them in the search for Tyric Lannister, who was... Known as the wet nurse, and he married the little baby, the who little was the baby. last of her name and line and all that, and so to carry on the name and all that. Tyrek went missing during the bread riots, and uh, Tyrion himself spent some time looking into it. Black uh, Lord Jacelyn Bywater spent some time looking into right. it. And, and Yeah, basically, I mean, that's pretty unknown stuff. Even through feasts, we don't get much more than uh, Jamie speculates that Varys has something to do with it. And that's what Bronn brings up here. He says he, he's feeding the worms. Like, both Iron Hand and the eunuch looked for him and couldn't find him. So you're right. fucked, right? If Varys can't, if Varys can't find him in quotes, then no one can. But maybe Varys did snatch yeah. him out of the city. For those interested, the theory is that because Varys was not present at the bread riots or at the docks during uh, Marcella's saying goodbye party, um, that Varys took Tyrek or set up the riots so that they could take Tyrek. When really the whole purpose was because he was Robert's squire. He had information that Varys did not want getting loose. Right. Anyway. Should be fun thread to see pop up again. Yeah. So, otherwise, uh, Tyrion's like, all right, well, I'm going to go see my father. Is he in, in his solar? And he's like, yeah. He's like, I know the way. Thinking, my fucking solar. Yeah. It's my goddamn bedroom, bitch. So, they get up there, and they enter, and they find Tywin sitting by the window, writing by an oil lantern, and he puts his quill down and just, Tyrion! as they enter, and Tyrion immediately knows something's wrong. Dude, I love that he can just, just like that. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, boy. And so Tyrion, Tywin asks Bronn and Sir, Sir Bronn and Podrick, why don't you wait without while my son and I discuss? And they do. They, so they leave. In this this little spot right here, it, it said that Bronn gave Tywin a look that was insolent. Yeah. Is that just because he's being dismissed? Oh, I think so. Fuck. He's expecting to be privy. But let me say this. Who the fuck in Westeros has the gall to look at Tywin with such insolence? Bronn. It's (laughs) like, that's just crazy. Everybody is scared of that motherfucker to even, like, whisper his name in bad fucking tones. Yeah. And he's just like, no. Fuck you, bitch. I'll walk out of here, but I'm going to do it slow, motherfucker. Tyrion Ugh. wonders what lies Cersei told Tywin to... Because the, the the chill in the air is just palpable to him. And Tyrion says that... Uh, oh, they, they begin talking about, you know, where Tyrion's staying and his injury. And Tyrion... Yeah, because Tyrion's like, yeah, it's funny. I, I happen to wake up in a little tiny fucking cell... And Tywin's like, yo, we've got everybody in the goddamn country in here for the wedding. It's tight. We'll get you accommodations that are more suited to you once it's cleaned up and things have settled down a bit. Like, yeah. fucking relax. Yeah, yeah, the city's full for the wedding. They go back and forth. Well, they, he says here, because Tywin says, uh, or Tyrion asks, when is the wedding? Yep. Like, when the fuck is it? And Tywin's like, it's on the first day of the new year. Which also happens to be the first day of the new century. That I've never picked that up before. That the the wedding happened on the first Question. day of the new century. Do you think the comet was heralding in the new century? 
I mean, it might not be that it was heralding it in, but it could just be that once every fucking hundred well, years. Well, right. That, well, that's what I mean. If like, if it's a, if yeah, we're it's in just, a planetoid, you know, I don't know the actual terminology for it, but the astrological, there, there's a planetoid system. Maybe it is a every thousand, two thousand. I don't know what century they're entering. Right. Here. Right. So like every so many years, three hundred, six hundred. That seems like a oddly important. Note, date, significant, like, yeah. like like you would think that a lot of people would be giving more mystical thoughts towards that, toward yeah. the turn of the century. And he says it's a, it's the dawn of a new era, and Tyrion thinks a Lannister, a Lannister era. era. Yeah, <sighs> fucking a. Um, yeah, they go back and forth a bit, and um, yeah, about the the Meisters and Tyrion asks, shouldn't you be off dealing with? the Starks, and this is where Tywin again confirms that he's heading down to Duskendale and Tarly is gonna go, Randall Tarly's gonna go handle it, and the Mountain will be heading up the King's Road to cut off the Lord Glovett's uh, reserve so that they split right. the army. And Tyrion's like, there's nothing in Duskendale that Rob Stark could want. Has he finally blundered? Like, what, what the fuck is that about? But... Continues on, and uh, Tywin asks what it is. Tyrion, what do you want, Tyrion? Are you just here to bitch? And Tyrion says, a little fucking gratitude would be nice. And Tywin's like, uh, only mummers and trained monkeys need applause. Yeah, you so did as you were commanded. You got something? I have a ton yeah, oh. that I was going to go over. Um because he mentions what what could possibly possess have put back when he was saying. Fuck, let me pull it back. Where are we? Where are we going here? Um, so it was shortly after he was meant talking about Cersei and not visiting his bed, and who gives a shit about that because she's busy. But he says he's like, "What the fuck possibly possessed you to go charging out the way you did?" And he says, "Yo, our our city gates were under attack by a battering ram. But if it were Jamie, you'd have called it valor. Yeah. Like, why is it madness for me?" And he tells him, "Well, Jamie wouldn't have removed his helm." But, like, it wasn't so plain and simple. Like, I'm pretty sure it got bashed and was, like, fucking him up, too, as well. Like, he didn't make a stupid decision. Right. Uh, like, that's and so the I, bias again, here. Right, yeah. and I just think it's so... I just like to point out those, like, all these things. Right. Are... I think this is coming from a place of, well, you should have anticipated that I was coming. And so, like, you shouldn't have been out there type thing. I think it's, if they if they nitty-grittied this argument and Tyrion was like, how the fuck is my helmet falling off? Like, right. I'm sure Jamie's gotten his helmet knocked off in a battle or two. But, uh, like, when he was captured in the fucking Kingswood, he wasn't brought up wearing a helmet. Like Exactly. So, like, eh. And I think if they got down to the nitty-gritty of it, what it would be is... Tywin would have told Jamie that he was he would have gotten word to Jamie if Jamie was in Tyrion's position. I'm coming to attack. Right. And he because he it was aware. Tyrion, Absolutely. he didn't do that. And he so it know. was you were expected to anticipate what I was doing and because you didn't it's madness what you did. Right. And then uh, Tywin does ask him if he at least killed the guy who did it and Tyrion you know kind of makes a Yeah. Still sly. not saying it's Mandon Moore. Right. He hasn't outed so, that. Do you think if there was any way for Tyrion to, well, I know who was. I have, there were multiple, and just saying, you know, elusively, I have multiple witnesses who survived who also can confirm who this person is. Do you think he could have convinced Tyrion, uh, Tywin no, that? No, because right now Ta Tyrion's looking at the wrong suspect. He thinks it's Cersei, and it's not Cersei right, at all. Right. It was Joffrey who sent him to make sure Tyrion didn't leave the battlefield. And so, no, uh, they're... Because he would be directing it at Cersei, and I don't think Tywin is going to listen to any Absolutely, I don't inner house so bullshit of she tried to kill me. Right over, not to Cersei. I don't about fucking Cersei. care. You two need to stop your shit. Is basically where it would come down yeah. to. Yeah, and so right before the mentioning of him saying he wants gratitude and the mummers and monkeys applause, he says, "Now what about Littlefinger?" <laughs> I he heard you were Hall. given. Yeah. He gave him Heron Hall, and Tywin's like, "Yeah, it's a fucking empty title." Like. Bruce Bolton holds it anyway right now, so who gives a fuck? And Tyrion is, he's on it here, man. He's like, there. it just doesn't make sense. Littlefinger is exalted for it. Like, he requested it from you. He doesn't want this kind of shit for no reason. Oh, yeah. He would not just be taking it knowing that it's a shithole that's not going to get him anything. Unless he had a gain further in the future. Right. Yeah. And I also, important to note that this whole 
talk Tywin has been basically trying to get Tyrion out of here to get back to his important letters because sometimes it is pens and quills that right. win wars other than swords and, and spears. So, yeah, letters to the the phrase beginning here. And this is also kind of when uh, he goes into what you had uh, mostly covered earlier when he... Tyrion's like, well, you know, I, I did fucking win you, save this goddamn city. And Tywin's like, dude, most of the people seem to think it was my attack that turned the tides in the battle. And it was Cersei and who it, told the pyromancers to begin making wildfire. Right. And not to mention Lords Tyrell, Rowan, Redwine, and Tarly fought nobly. And now all those things, I don't know about the, the, the wildfire, but, like, those four lords... I bet they did right. fight pretty noble. Like, they, Tyrion, they do kind of deserve their credit as well, even if they were a bit late compared to you in the battle and didn't see as much, but... No one denies the part you played. The chain was a clever stroke, and the Dornish alliance was genius. Yeah, and so then we get this awesome Marcella little... has made it safely. Aerys Oakheart writes that she's taken to Arianne, and she is infatuated with Prince Tristane. I really didn't like giving them a hostage, but that couldn't be avoided. I understand that. However, you know, I'm also worried about what else they're going to want. Tyrion's like, well, we gave him a seat on the council. Like, that's not that. And Tywin's like, eh, you also promised them vengeance. And, and that's yeah. where it's at. And then now we see the difference between Tyrion and Tywin. Tywin says, no, I offered them justice. And they begin the talk of, Tywin saying, you know, it's sometimes necessary for a lord or a noble to have a beast that it can uh, they can unleash. Not unlike your clansmen or your Serbron of the Blackwater. Yeah, and Tyrion says, well, they're a dime a dozen, so have you grown so fond of this Sir Gregor that you can't give him over to the Dornish? And Tywin's like, actually, you know what? I will think on what you said, because you're right, there is a dog in every alley ready to, ready to go, but now that, I'll think on it. Right. And- he, uh... He gets ready to turn and walk away and has thoughts, but before that, he... I forgot what I was going to say about it anyway. So, yeah, he turns a to... A dog in every alley? No? Um, yeah, something like Basically that. Basically finding oh, a new uh, beast. I, it was that. I just think it's super interesting to think of the similarities between the mountain, Gregor Clegane, and Sir Bronn of the Blackwater, and, like, how similar they really can be in certain ways. And so just that comparison... I think it's interesting, to Tywin saying that every High Lord could make use of a monster and then just knowing that Tywin's current monster becomes Cersei's literal monster, monster. yeah and so and then uh, the one compliment that Tyrion or Tywin did give Tyrion this whole time is your alliance thing was fucking clever well that yeah was good. The, the Dornish alliance was very well thought out right uh, the only thing he regretted was giving them the hostage right. but that could not be avoided in that circumstance and Tyrion points out, we're going to have a hostage because we, we have their con- yeah. council. He, now, they do talk. It seems like they – are they under the impression that Doran's coming yeah. to hold well, that? Well, that was that the, was the, one, the, that was the invite. Was, right. Yeah, Oberyn is right, not right. part of it. It's a re- monkey wrench. Fuck yes. Yes. So Tyrion t- stands to leave, and later he would regret turning and saying this to his father. But he set, turns and says what he wants is Casterly Rock. And Tywin steeples his hands and is just looking at him and says, Casterly Rock, and we get the description of his cold green eyes flecked with gold, and then he just says, never. And Tyrion, again, would come to regret he should have just walked out the door, he thinks. Yeah, because this is where he breaks down And this is where we get that he's too angry. He knows logically, just leave. Like, just don't fucking engage this conversation with this boomer fucking cunt Mm -hmm. and go leave. But instead, he gets too hot-headed, and he says, why? Why do I not deserve Casterly Rock, Father? And we get one of Charles Dance's best-acted scenes in the, the show. You ask that! You who killed your mother to come into the world! Dude, and yeah, it's just the most savage, brutal yeah, parenting into him. you ever will see. Basically, it's what we expect happened to Samuel Tarley from Randall in his childhood. Just yeah. this brutal, you fucking killed your mother by being born. So, obviously. Then he called, you know, nah, you're, okay. you're, you're tiny, you're half a bit, you're, you're a dwarf, you're envious and full of spite, you, you fuck whores, you're gross. So he really does kind of give this... 
this description of an imp yeah. of this like he is actually like while people do whisper imp nobody feels that Ty- Tywin is- views him as a little goblinoid yeah, creature exactly. running around and he says you know the laws of men make it so that you can wear my colors in my family's sigil the f- the sigil of my father and my father's father but you you fucking waddle around and you uh, you shame it to Tywin. That's what he's with these whores. All these whores he's laying with is just making a mockery right. of. And the that's gods what have tried to teach me humility by letting you walk around wearing my. And that's what it is to Tywin. Tyrion is a lesson in humility for him. And that yeah. is, how is that ever going to make a healthy parental right, right. relationship? And so it finally lands on if he had given Casterly Rock to Tyrion, it would just end up his fucking whorehouse. Well, because he he brings up all the whores. He asks after Shay, right. the one at the Green Fork. He and asks what about, about that the one, one you he married, married, and Tyrion defiantly says Tysha, and um, yeah, and then Eliah, and he says, yeah, I'll not let you turn Casterly Rock into your. And it says the dawn broke for Tyrion, and he goes, oh, so Cersei told you. About Aliyah, uh, and then it hits him that even it further. Was Tywin that you had Aliyah whipped, and he says, "I am told by your sister told me that you had made threats on my grandsons. Did she lie?" And he was ice cold at this. And Tyrion says, "Yeah, I, I made some threats to keep Cersei in line and make sure that Aliyah wasn't mistreated by the Kettle Blacks." And I loved Tywin's response. He said, "To save a whore's virtue." You threatened your own house, your own kin. Is that the way of it? Now, then he Tyrion kind of starts almost fumbling. Like, he's like, Tommen, like, look at him. It's mm-hmm. Tommen. Like, he's, the, he, you know he's the sweetest boy. I would never hurt Tommen, which, again, he, I don't think that he would have. I don't either. Because of the, the hesitation. Like, he was so relieved that Cersei had him back. That he wasn't no, going he, to be No, and he doesn't even really want to hurt Joffrey. Like, yeah, right. he thinks Joffrey deserves a good couple fucking smacks upside the head, but who doesn't? He doesn't want to beat the kid to a bloody pulp. And he tells Tywin, you know, if you really want to fucking start whipping people, start with Joffrey. Like, right. he's the one who could use a good fucking ass kicking. And here. he says, because I would never hurt Tywin. Tywin, Tywin Tommen, or Tommen. Tommen. Tommen is my own blood. And Tywin is like, as was your mother. He killed her though, had no problem ripping her apart, and then he stands up. Of course, he holy does. fucking shit, he like stands he up. Like he could get any bigger. Dude, he's fucking like Batman. Like, like he yeah, stands dude. in the shadow, like spreads. I don't behind understand him. how Martin manages to write this character. And in such it says a big he way. rises super fast, scares the shit out of Tyrion, and just towers over him. Speak no more of your rights to Casterly Rock. You will have a reward, but it will be one I deem suitable. This is, and make no mistake, this is the last I will suffer of you to bring shame to House Lannister. The next whore I find in your bed, I'll hang. Yeah, that's really, so that's a fun thing. Yeah. Um, not that he's hanging whores, but the fact that the next whore that he finds in his bed is also going to end up in Tywin's bed. And choked she gets to choked to death by Tyrion. Yeah. And... I mean, it's prophetic in a way, but it's, I mean, the the glimpse we get at Tywin, and that's the chapter's end there, but that the glimpse we get at Tywin, I mean, it's all family for him. It's the legacy. It's not, it's not family. It's legacy. It isn't caring about the people of your family and their wants and wishes. It's caring about the name House Lannister. Nothing more than that. It's not Tywin, Jaime, and Cersei. I think there is affection for Jaime. I think there is a smidgen for Cersei and none for Tyrion. Right. But I think over all three of them, it's House Lannister, and he would gladly sell them off, trade them off, kill them off, do well, see, whatever. And that's where I think the smidgen comes in for Cersei. He likes to be able to have that political piece. He had well, this right, girl. Uh, the most beautiful woman right. in the Seven Kingdoms at Whereas, one point. Whereas, un- and Ares, o- not Ares Okart, fucking Ares Targaryen, had screwed Tywin by naming Jamie to the Kingsguard because right. he knew that Tywin Lannister has the most powerful family because of the money, because he has the most handsome and capable son in the, pl- and on the country, and the most beautiful yeah. and 
powerful daughter. Like, they can marry her off to a fucking Stark. They control the fucking North. Get Jamie in King's Landing to a fucking Targaryen. Yeah, he's Tyron a had like, way too much power with his children, and then that's that's the, the twist on it, is where Tyrion was thrown in to hum, teach him humility, and that's, I mean, that's the way Tywin views his youngest son, and therefore that's always just going to be a fucking shit show of resentment and... Yeah, it's wild. It's fucked. So that's the chapter. I think that's going to be about it, and then we'll head over into our small council. It's we'll time, Simba. Some inductees, read some emails, you know, get a little more off topic, as we are want to do. We'll catch you over there. All right, Brotherhood. Did you guys get a drink? Did you get a snacky do? You go pee-pee? Yeah, go pee pee. Wash your hands. Wash your, make sure you wash your hands, even if you're, even if you're not going pee pee. Like always, always wash your hands anytime you touch and shit. Cause you know there's a fucking pandemic. So man. that was a hell of a chapter. Yo, it was a heavy chapter. The uh, the because it was like broken into like those two sections: the fucking his room beforehand, and then the Tywin meeting. And both of them had their weights, and so it was really it was really cool because you got to see two different sides. Like, you got to see this pissed-off, angry Tyrion. And then a Tyrion who, on the rope. And then, yeah, Tywin <laughs> had him backed up. So, who was your inductee? Uh, I think I... Fuck, it's, it's such a hard one, man, because there's so many options in this. Um, I want I think I'm going to give mine to Jason Bywater one last time. Old Iron Hand. He, he made a fucking stand, you know, for the city. Again, like, not that this most of the... I guess most of the city does because a lot of them are small folk and deserve it. But that's what he was looking out for, man. He's like, we're going to lose this shit. And these people are running because that little cunt king is taking <laughs> off. No, like, let's turn the fuck around. Listen to me. I'm your boss. Arrow he put him, yeah, he put himself in their path. Like, that's some brave that's shit. Some heart shit. So he martyred himself and he's done. And so rest in peace, Jason Bywater. I mean, mine has to go to the man, the myth, the legend, Lord Tywin. Because of the conversation they're having, but mainly when Tyrion is griping about who came to see him, and Tywin is basically like, yo, I did come to see you. I came to see you as often, as often, he says, as Maester Balabar would allow, and said was necessary when you were critical. When you were dying, I was, I, I came to see you. Cersei came to see you. And he's like, and then, like, later on it goes on, and he gets, he, he gets exasperated. He's like, Tyrion. Cersei's planning a royal wedding. The wedding I'm of the fight- century. I'm fighting a fucking war. What do you want? For- and it's just the most, that was the most real family dynamic yeah, I had yeah. heard of like Tyrion being the sick one when everyone else is super busy. And they're like, oh, why isn't anyone here to kick? Yeah, it's that and it's home like, alone. What like- the f- we're not going to fucking put everything on hold because you got the flu, little baby boo-boo. Like, right. I mean, it's a lot more serious than that. But yeah. like, we did come to visit you. Tywin did come and see you, like... And he did see it. He just didn't remember it was a fever dream. He thought... Right, right, yeah. And, like, so, yeah, don't be throwing shade. Like, Cersei's literally planning the wedding of the fucking centuries at the start of the century, and Tywin's planning is still a war and fighting a war. So, like, I just loved the exasperation of Tywin. Like, what the fuck do you want? Because we did come to see you chill, so... So, I, uh... That was a good one. I want to talk about my inductee again real quick because I'm cooler <laughs> than you. Um, I just realized how cool it is that we just lost Jacelyn Bywater, and I know why. There can only be one. We lost one metal-handed man so that we can now gain a new one. And what a man he is. What a man, so, what a man, what a man, what a man. What a um, all right. Man. So Nate's terrible inducting aside, we got some great ones from Whoa. you guys, of course. I'm pissed. And so for- <laughs> I'm pissed. I am so pissed. So first, we're gonna hear from Karen, and this is drum roll, please. The last inductee in Karen's first big grouping. So holy hell, Karen! Again, thank you so much. That means for we can open us. your next one. Right now, we can actually to... open that email. So for Tyrion one, her inductee goes to. Podrick Payne. Yes. He's so sweet and looks out for Tyrion and helps and killed the guy who was there to kill Tyrion. Podrick is always a good choice for the Brotherhood, I think. I think you're pretty fucking right on point there, Karen. Yes. Because Podrick is pretty great. And he got kind of shit on in this chapter. Tyrion was being pretty harsh. Like, um, and then 
can I point out that he didn't get shit on all that bad because one of my other favorite characters that's not Podrick Payne is Brienne of Tarth. And she shits on him well, yeah, so she, but, hard but this is in a, a loving f- way. This is the first time we see Tyrion like frustratedly yeah. being like, Pod, get the fuck in here. Where are you? Like ordering him around. Right, and it was right. like, oh, damn. Oh, damn. So our next Thank you, indu- Karen. Yes. Thank you, Karen. Our next inductee comes across the sea from France. Julian says, hello, guys. Damn, that was an intense chapter. The final conversation between Tywin and Tyrion. Genius. Genius. I like how Tyrion seems to juggle between clever mistrust and impulsive frustration. Mm-hmm. I really like that description of that, yeah. t- uh, Julian. The yeah, impulsive he's super impulsive when he turns and says, I right. want Casterly Rock. Why? Like, Yeah, yeah. Yep. And so making him take risks, he knows he shouldn't. Right. Tywin is very imposing. 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 He's imposing he's as shit. He's imposing as shit. We Americans. <laughs> Tywin is very imposing. Even reading, it feels like he fills the whole room by his presence. Mm, It It does. does. It's crazy. As for my inductee, it's going to be Marjorie. Oh, hell yeah, Julian. Yeah, no Adam, Yaya, or Sir Bronn for me. Today it's beauty I'm inducting. Yeah, it is. They all love her both before they even saw her. She brings food and will be their queen, so she must be lovely and wonderful. Dreamy, isn't it? Viva Marjorie Tyrell, Val High Gardeneris. Thank you, as always, Julian, for your wonderful. I mean, take. like roll credits. We're done with this podcast. <laughs> we just got two of the best inductees we've ever had. Thank you, guys, both. I I love ship Marjorie Podrick Tyrell and Marjorie Tyrell. Now. And That's this this is why. Like everyone always gets like, oh, it's weird that you look. My she brings food to the city. Like anyone who's giving me free food. Fuck yeah. You're fucking my queen. Fuck yeah. Like, queen of my heart. Absolutely. <laughs> so. Julian, Karen, thank you guys for writing in. If you would, would like to write in, like Karen and Julian did, we'd love to hear from you. We had a uh, oh, yeah, we got, shout out. We, we got another. To do. Uh, so, of course, to all. So, we'll start by giving our email, right. which is withoutmannersbrotherhood at gmail.com. So, write in. Let us know your inductees for the ch- coming up chapters. Coming up chapter is going to be Davos 1, yo. Oh, shit. Davos is coming on in early. And so that's pretty awesome because we only got what was it three or three, four yeah, three Davos chapters three in chapter, the last book. last book, and we had to wait like twenty fucking chapters before we got our first. It's Davos a short chapter. one. It's a little shorty, but, but that's okay. Um, so we've been getting a lot of, of course, comments on the YouTube. Yeah, Stephanie have. and uh, I'm sorry, I, there's so many names and I can't recall them. But we've got some new subscribers as well. Corey uh, is hey, subscribing. Corey. Thank you for subscribing, Corey. We. Look forward to getting some inductees from you as well, hopefully. hopefully yeah. Um, otherwise, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Brotherhood Podcast. We're on Twitter. I'm there at Manners Without. Zach is on there at Carstark92. We have our Patreon, patreon.com slash Without Manners. Gets you access to the private Facebook group. We are working on blocking out and recording chapters for the Night of the Seven Kingdoms. Yes. Patreon episodes, exclusive episodes that will be coming your way fairly soon. Uh, we have a website. We have a website. It's uh, www.brotherhoodwithout.com. And rate us, review us, subscribe. We're on Amazon Music. We're on fucking Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. Fucking, we're pretty much all over the place, man. It's pretty cool. Um, Remember, we announced that we we're getting some guests, and those guests, again, we we want them on certain pivotal chapters, you know, not just everyday run-of-the-mill chapters. So we want to kind of get into a swing, and then we're going to be dropping them. They're just going to be hitting you hitting fucking you. left and right, man. Just pa, pa, pa. But I think that's it for this episode. So what do you think? You think we're... I think I just drooled, so yeah. I think, yeah, we better... Valor to Harris! Peace! Peace!